Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me on another solo episode of the Red Light Report. And I'm sure a lot of you have been appreciating this most recent string of interviews because I'm sure it's a little more riveting than hearing me blabber on for 30 to 60 minutes. But I think it's about time we have a solo so and kind of catch up on some uh, exciting stuff here. As you guys know, BioLite recently dropped its newest product, BioBlue, which is its enhanced methylene blue product using ingredients that enhance the methylene blue and the mitochondrial health components. And of course, as you probably learned with my conversation with David, or if you've checked out the BioLite website, whether it's the BioBlue product page or the Methylene Blue Learn page, you've seen that Methylene Blue is a standalone, amazing mitochondrial health and overall health booster, which we'll dig into a little more uh, shortly here. But the cherry on top, and it's a massive cherry, is that it's a major synergist with red light therapy. So just like red light therapy, if you use that on its own, it has amazing benefits, reduced inflammation, improved circulation, you boost your immune system, enhanced cognition, faster recovery from exercise, sleep, skin health, organ health, you name it. And that all happens just by using red light therapy appropriately. And with methylene blue, it has its host of benefits, which we'll get here shortly, methylene blue works great on its own. But again, when you use methylene blue about 30 to 60 minutes prior to doing your red light therapy session, then you're enhancing the benefits of both the methylene blue and the red light therapy because methylene blue is photodynamic, meaning just like cytochrome C oxidase is a photo acceptor for light for the mitochondria, methylene blue, in a sense, is a photo acceptor uh, wherever it is in your body. We'll get down to the nitty gritty details here shortly. I've said that multiple times now, but so back again to BioBlue, David and I, once again, specifically curated this enhanced methylene blue product, enhanced mitochondrial boosting product to get the best of both worlds, both as a standalone longevity mitochondrial health supplement, if that's what you want to call it, and then to augment the photodynamic properties. So when you use it with red light therapy, you get even more bang for your buck. And if you want to learn more about the specific ingredients like the NMN, which is a precursor for NAD, which as you get to your mid-30s and beyond, we naturally get depleted of that or we start not producing that in as much abundance, just like many things as we get into our latter decades. Uh, and so if you can somehow integrate NAD or, or a precursor of NAD into your daily regimen, you're likely going to boost your energy levels. So we added NMN and we added a host of other components as well, both to enhance mitochondrial health, enhance photodynamic activity, and then Towards the very end of that list, you see fulvic acid, and that has its own uh, host of benefits as well. But again, we specifically utilized fulvic acid because when you consume fulvic acid, everything else you consume gets uh, better absorbed into your body, gets better absorbed into your cells. So that means that 
the methylene blue, the NMN, the gold and silver nanoparticles, or the colloidal gold and silver, is better absorbed because we integrated fulvic acid into that product. So there's a, there's quite a few moving parts, but they all play a special role into making that bio blue a one of a kind, innovative, both mitochondrial boosting supplement and, and kind of a red light therapy supplement in itself. And so with that being said, what I really want to spend today in today's episode is, is going more into depth about methylene blue. Uh, at some point here in the near future, I'll get a uh, quote unquote expert on methylene blue, but with methylene blue being so um, relatively new, uh, there's not a lot of people, there's not a lot of experts in in methylene blue per se, uh, which is kind of ironic because as you'll learn here soon, it's been around since the 19th century, but I, I've tried to hunt down some of the people who are considered the, the, the experts or those who have been speaking on other podcasts or have written books on, on methylene blue. I've tried to track them down, but uh, these people are relatively difficult to get a hold of because of their daily jobs or, or just um, they're not really trying to be on as many podcasts as possible. They're, they're relatively selective. So I'll continue to push my way through this methylene blue world, but I would like to get someone who has a pretty a more rigorous knowledge base than than even I do just to hear from their perspective and kind of get a more in-depth, well-rounded perspective from someone who's been in the trenches using it either on themselves or with patients or or otherwise, at least the last handful of years. Really, the, the first time I heard about Methylene Blue was only a couple of years ago on another podcast. And when I first heard about it and I heard that it was an aquarium cleaner I automatically just shut down. I didn't even think about it, and I kind of moved on from it. I didn't even consider it, which which is kind of silly if if <laughs> to have such a closed off mind so quickly. Even though the benefits were so riveting, it was just kind of like, you want me to put aquarium cleaner in my body? Well, as you'll soon learn here, yes, because uh, of a multitude of reasons. And as crazy as it is, methylene blue is extremely safe. Of course, the devil's in the dosage, but even the dosage has to be extremely high for it to be to lead to any negative side effects. And in the contraindications and precautions are, are relatively few. The big one that sticks out is anyone on SSRIs. There can be some complications there, so you want to be careful. From my understanding, that was an incidence where they were using intravenous methylene blue during a surgery and that patient was on SSRIs. And so that that massive dosage of methylene blue IV plus the SSRIs led to some sort of negative consequence there. Uh, and that's another point to bring out is they've been using methylene blue in surgeries for a long time, again, for IVs, for a multitude of reasons. So as new as it is to the lay public, surgeons of all types uh, they'll use it in open heart surgery. They'll use it during brain surgery or neurosurgery. But they've been using it for a long time, guys. And so let's just kind of jump into the world of methylene blue. And so some of the information I'll be reading today comes from really kind of the top book that's on uh, Amazon. If you type in methylene blue, this is the book that's going to come up. It's entitled The Ultimate Guide to Methylene Blue by Mark Sloan. And Mark Sloan is actually one of the guys I've been trying to get on the podcast, but it's near impossible 
for me to get a hold of him because he doesn't have any social media, doesn't have an email, he's not on LinkedIn, he's he's nowhere. So, and I've tried some circuitous routes to reach out to him, but to no success thus far. But regardless, let's kind of get into some historical viewpoints of, of Methylene Blues, some of the quote-unquote top 10 use cases for Methylene Blue, and let's just kind of take things from there just to give you guys a more broad backslash in-depth overview of methylene blue so if you are considering it for yourself at least you're a little more informed and then you can kind of take things from there maybe do your own research on the internet or otherwise now you could also use chat gpt that seems to be what everyone and their their pets are using these days and, and i'll admit the more i use it the more i've been enjoying its efficiencies and and how quickly you can retrieve information but that's neither here nor there, I suppose. So let's jump into what is methylene blue? Well, methylene blue is an inexpensive blue dye developed by scientists in the 19th century for the textile industry. In addition to being a brilliant blue dye for fabric, surprisingly, it was soon discovered to be useful in the scientific laboratory and in medicine. As a stain, it could help scientists see bacteria parasites, yeasts, and other microorganisms when looking under a microscope. By adding the blue dye to microorganisms on an imaging plate, the internal structures and tiny organelles are illuminated and more easily seen by scientists. Remarkably, methylene blue is such a reliable stain that scientists still use it today in laboratories worldwide. But a stain for microscopy is only the tip of the iceberg as far as what methylene blue can do for science and the world. So let's look into the fish world. Well, fish hobbyists and fish farmers routinely use methylene blue as a treatment for keeping their fish and aquatic ecosystems healthy. Methylene blue is considered a safe aquarium disinfectant for marine life and is a robust antifungal and antiparasitic agent. It is also used to treat fish eggs to ensure they are not lost to fungal overgrowth. Anybody who has ever had a fish tank knows how delicate aquarium ecosystems are, which is a testament to the safety of methylene blue. Methylene blue can be used to treat some specific fish disorders, including nitrite poisoning, ammonia poisoning, swim bladder disorder, and general fish stress. Now let's move on to some other animals such as dogs, cats, horses, cows, and pigs. So although not specifically approved for veterinary use, veterinarians commonly use methylene blue on numerous types of animals for treating methemoglobinemia and other chemical poisonings. And um, that's actually one of the topics we'll get into here when we, we talk about methylene blue in humans. But here we go. So some malaria cured in 48 hours. So methylene blue was the first anti-malarial drug ever used in medicine and successfully treated all types of malaria in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Methylene blue works by inhibiting the malaria-causing parasite Plasmodium falciparum, including drug-resistant types. Since then, methylene blue has been replaced with other anti-malarial drugs and for some time had been forgotten. But a recent revival in methylene blue research for malaria has shown that it could be the most effective anti-malarial drug ever developed. 
If you're a red light therapy enthusiast, then you are probably most interested in a full body red light therapy apparatus. And typically that can be accomplished with a panel, and so you stand in front of it and then rotate like a rotisserie chicken. Or like from BioLite, there's the innovative matrix, which is flexible. You can sit on it, you can lay on it, and you can rotate yourself to accomplish a full body treatment session. But have you heard of BioLite's newest, most innovative product to date, the cocoon? You essentially get a red light therapy bed of sorts, but in the comfort of your home. And like the Matrix, it's flexible, so you can easily take it on the go, whereas you're likely not going to pack a red light therapy bed on the go. So whether you're just a red light therapy enthusiast or a physician or someone who owns a med spa that offers red light therapy, this cocoon is something that is a fraction of the price of a red light therapy bed that offers comparable red light therapy specs in the term of the red and near-infrared light spectrum, but also the light irradiance is that nice low and slow type of power. Just like from the most popular red light therapy bed, the Novathor, they also have a very low and slow light irradiance. So you're not necessarily losing anything with the cocoon. In fact, it's quite comparable to those red light therapy beds, but again, the convenience of in your home and easy to take on the go. And most importantly, unlike the Matrix or unlike a panel, the cocoon lives up to its name in the sense you get a full body 360 degree red light therapy treatment. This is the product by BioLite I'm most excited by right now. And as a loyal Red Light Report listener, I'm going to offer you guys an exclusive discount for the cocoon. Simply use coupon code Red Light Report at checkout to save 15% on your purchase of the cocoon. And that's over a $500 savings on this product. And again, if you're someone who's interested in getting the best bang for the buck with red light therapy, the cocoon with its portability, its full body 360 degree treatments every time you get in it, this is the one you want if you're a big time health, wellness, anti-aging, biohacking enthusiast. Use coupon code Red Light Report, 15% off, over $500 savings, and have have the cocoon be the metamorphosis of your health. Viruses don't stand a chance. So according to the research, many of the viruses that the public is taught to fear are quickly inactivated by methylene blue, including herpes, West Nile, hepatitis C, Ebola, Zika, HIV, and COVID-19. And perhaps the most promising part is the startling increase in antimicrobial potency of methylene blue when combined with light therapy. It turns out the combination of methylene blue and specific wavelengths of red and near-infrared light poses an even more significant threat to the survival of all types of pathogens and harmful microorganisms. So, I mean, again, that's a massive, massive take-home point from what I was saying early on. Red light therapy plus methylene blue winner winner chicken dinner as far as an antiviral is concerned and a safe one at that so let's look into a brain boosting powerhouse well we all have days when our brain function feels slow unfocused and foggy can methylene blue improve brain function and cognition including parameters such as memory retrieval attention and emotional regulation well there's a growing body of evidence that suggests it can whether you want to be more productive, more emotionally stable in your relationships, or improve your ability to remember names, dates, or other facts and figures, methylene blue could potentially be a game changer for you. Goodbye depression. 
Since the announcement of the COVID-19 pandemic in March 2020, decreased human interaction seems to have become a more or less permanent feature of our lives. These changes essentially mimic the behavior of people who are depressed, which explains why depression is at an all-time high. And given that existing antidepressant drugs from pharmaceutical companies, like SSRIs, often come with debilitating and sometimes life-threatening side effects, never has the world been more in need of safe and effective remedies for alleviating the root cause of depression. Recent research has shown that a single dose of methylene blue can completely eliminate symptoms of depression in some individuals. From my experience, testing dozens of different drugs and nutrients over the past 15 years for their effects on my own depression, nothing has had a more positive impact on my life than methylene blue. If somebody is avoiding the social interactions necessary to live without depression, ultimately, their behaviors will need to change for permanent resolution. However, methylene blue might be a great option for you until you forge those meaningful relationships and connections. And then forget dementia. When I was a child, my grandfather suffered from Parkinson's disease. Near the end of his life, he couldn't walk, talk, or survive without constant care 24 hours a day by my grandmother. I remember watching him being rolled into our living room in his wheelchair to spend time with the family, knowing that he had no idea who any of us were. I still feel sad when I think about it. And the reality is, there are probably millions of people right now who are suffering from the same fate after slipping into mental oblivion like my grandfather. Their loved ones pay the price by having to spend all of their time caring for them. What would it mean for society if we could alleviate this suffering and need for constant care? Recent research has shown that methylene blue can powerfully target the hallmarks of brain aging that can be found in pathologies like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. These diseases share the common feature of mitochondrial dysfunction, and repairing dysfunctional cellular metabolism is methylene blue's specialty. Imagine the improvement in the quality of life for individuals, family, and society when people with dementia are suddenly able to remember their loved ones' faces and retain their autonomy again. Cancer cells are targeted first. One of the most remarkable things about methylene blue is that it selectively targets the cells most in need of healing first before others. Any cells which stray from the highly efficient form of energy metabolism called oxidative phosphorylation, including cancer cells, are selectively targeted and restored by methylene blue. This means that the sicker a person is, the more beneficial and profound methylene blue therapy will likely be. Methylene blue therapy for cancer has been studied far more than you might think, and we will go over the fascinating body of research in an upcoming chapter. Directly alongside red light therapy and balneotherapy, methylene blue therapy represents one of the most promising metabolic interventions for resolving the dysfunctional metabolism seen in cancer. Highly efficient energy storage. One surprising yet Fascinating development in methylene blue research is its exceptional ability to store energy and then release it on command. These characteristics are ideal for someone seeking to develop an efficient battery for storing electricity, which is exactly what researchers have invented. Remarkably, the methylene blue battery operates at near-perfect efficiency, 
And when compared to batteries you'll find at your local store, methylene blue batteries are non-pollutant, more efficient, and much less expensive to manufacture. The superior efficiency and non-toxicity of organic methylene blue batteries could revolutionize how the world stores and delivers energy. Dysfunctional Metabolism No More One of the most remarkable scientific discoveries in recent decades is that over 90% of diseases that exist today are metabolic in nature. In other words, no disease pathology can be looked at independently from metabolism. This means that for virtually all diseases, including cancer, the genetic component has been vastly overestimated. From a practical sense, what this means is that if somebody in your family has or had a certain disease, you are in no way destined to develop it, and many times, you're not even at an increased risk at all. It is your hands on the steering wheel. Since virtually all diseases are metabolic in nature, Understanding how the body's metabolism works and maintaining its efficient function is the key to health and longevity. When cells are unable to use oxygen, methylene blue can act like the missing enzyme which quickly restores oxidative metabolism. This basic action can explain the long list of healing benefits methylene blue can offer, all with practically no negative side effects. It's not difficult to see why the World Health Organization has added methylene blue to its list of essential medicines. Okay, so that concludes the the intro of the book. So let's jump into some more of the details, specifically how methylene blue works. So the trillions of cells of which your body is comprised are the foundations of life itself. It's the mitochondria within your cells that produce the biological energy in the form of a molecule called ATP, the energy currency of the body. Any increase in ATP production will be beneficial, particularly to individuals who are sick. Research into the therapeutic value of methylene blue dates back to the 1800s, but only within the past couple of decades have scientists decoded exactly how methylene blue provides its benefits to the brain and body, spanning all the way down to the molecular level in the mitochondria. Methylene blue works by directly increasing mitochondrial respiration through its interactions with the electron transport chain. The electron transport chain is a series of four protein complexes that sit inside the mitochondrial membrane and are responsible for producing ATP, a process called oxidative phosphorylation. The remarkable therapeutic effects of methylene blue are predicated by its ability to act as an alternative electron carrier when any of the mitochondrial complexes 1 through 4 are dysfunctional. The primary ways that methylene blue benefits the body is its role as a nitric oxide inhibitor and an estrogen antagonist. By reducing nitric oxide and estrogen, thyroid function is increased and the body benefits from the increased metabolic rate and overall energy production. And so here are the three ways that methylene blue inhibits nitric oxide. One, it inhibits nitric oxide synthesis. Number two, it disassociates nitric oxide from cytochrome C oxidase enzyme. And and as we know from that, ladies and gentlemen, when the nitric oxide is disassociated from uh, cytochrome C oxidase, then oxygen can get into the mitochondria and more efficiently produce ATP. So, So when we're talking about nitric oxide inhibition, according to Mark Sloan's research, part of that is the disassociation that we are very familiar with from the red light therapy standpoint 
and thus it makes the ATP production much more efficient. And then thirdly, methylene blue scavenges existing nitric oxide. So let's look into the methylene blue effects on metabolism. Well, it increases oxygen consumption and ATP production, like I just mentioned. It increases glucose consumption. It increases the NAD to NADH ratio. It decreases lactic acid production. It is a potent antioxidant and it acts similarly to vitamin E. It inhibits monoamine oxidase, or MAO. And it acts as an alternative electron carrier in the mitochondrial electron transport chain. And so what about methylene blue's effects on hormones? Well, it inhibits prolactin. It inhibits estrogen. It increases thyroid hormone and lowers TSH. And it increases testosterone. That kind of is a good segue into this list of the top 10 benefits of methylene blue. And I'm just going to say the first one, we're not going to go into it into too much detail just because it's probably not the most popular one that you guys are interested in. But and this is in no particular order. So just because it's not uh, the first one doesn't mean it's the number one use of methylene blue. But it's an antidote for chemical poisoning and overdose. As a quick example, methylene blue is very commonly used for the treatment of methemoglobinemia. Common symptoms of this include blue, blue fingertips, shortness of breath, confusion, seizures, coma, metabolic acidosis. And so when emergency room patients with methemoglobinemia are treated using methylene blue, it acts as a potent antidote by converting methemoglobin or methemoglobin back to hemoglobin, restoring its oxygen-carrying capacity. Then oxygen can be transported throughout the body to the cells and tissues where it's needed. Once oxygen is restored, all of the symptoms experienced by the patient patient are then resolved. In a 2018 study examining the use of methylene blue for cyanide poisoning, scientists wrote, quote, Its protective effects appear to be related to its unique properties of this redox dye, which, depending on the dose, could directly oppose some of the consequences of the metabolic depression produced by cyanide at the cellular level, end quote. In other words, Methylene blue corrected the defective cellular metabolism caused by the poison. So just some very interesting quick uh, insight there into methylene blue's potential as far as being an antidote for chemical poisoning and overdose. But moving on here, again, we've touched on a lot of these in the intro, but is methylene blue the greatest anti-malarial drug ever discovered? Well, Prior to methylene blue, the classic treatment for malaria was a compound called quinine, which is an alkaloid contained within the bark of a cinchona tree native to South America. The bark of the cinchona tree was first employed to treat malaria in Europe during the 15th century. Interestingly, the carbonated beverage known as tonic water contains quinine, which some people drink to ease leg cramps. If you can handle the bittersweet tang of tonic water between the quinine, glucose, and the carbon dioxide contained within it, you've got yourself a refreshing and medicinal beverage. Following the discovery and synthesis of methylene blue, suddenly malaria medicine could be produced at a large scale in a laboratory without needing to be a laboriously isolated from a plant bark only available in South America. This represented a quantum leap in malaria treatment and medicine. But since methylene blue stains the mouth and tends to color urine bluish-green, 
scientists began altering the molecular structure of methylene blue, attempting to remove the tint while maintaining its medicinal qualities. The work of chemists like Wilhelm Roll of Bayer, a student of Ehrlich's, eventually gave rise to the drug coenocrine for malaria. Then in 1934, coenocrine was modified by Hans Andershag of Bayer, which resulted in the synthesis of chloroquine used as the standard treatment for malaria to this day. You may have heard doctors talk about the use of hydroxychloroquine as an effective antidote to the 2020 viral pandemic COVID-19. It turns out that hydroxychloroquine is derived from methylene blue. Methylene blue is its parent compound, which reveals methylene blue's potential for treating COVID and other viruses, a subject we will soon explore. One of the challenges with malaria treatment is that malarial parasites, such as Plasmodium falciparum, show increased resistance to common anti-malarial drugs. This has prompted scientists like Professor Olaf Mueller of Heidelberg University to revisit using methylene blue as an anti-malarial. Cell culture experiments show that methylene blue has remarkable anti-malarial potencies at very low doses. Perhaps most importantly, experiments show that resistance to methylene blue is also very low. The new generation of methylene blue research as an anti-malarial agent has proven that no drug even comes close to the potency or effectiveness of methylene blue against malaria. Dr. Ehrlich reported in 1891 to have completely cured two malaria patients using methylene blue. Similarly, scientists from Rodboud University Medical Center in the Netherlands reported in 2018 to have a completely cured malaria patient using methylene blue in just 48 hours. This was an unprecedented rate, far quicker than any other known drug or remedy. Additionally, patients no longer transmitted the parasite when they were bitten by a mosquito following treatment. It appears that all the advancements in new generations of anti-malarial drugs since methylene blue were not advancements at all, and methylene blue is still the victor. On World Malaria Day in 2018, German researchers published a meta-analysis on the use of methylene blue for malaria and concluded it is highly effective against the malaria-causing parasite in all endemic areas. And as if that wasn't exciting enough, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to the next topic at hand here, which is methylene blue, the virus warrior. So the life cycles of parasites, bacteria, fungi, and viruses are all in jeopardy when in the presence of methylene blue. And when used in combination with light therapy, methylene blue exerts an even greater antimicrobial effects against bacteria like E. coli and others, including drug-resistant strains, against fungi like Candida, and also against many common viruses including Zika, West Nile, Ebola, Hepatitis, and HIV. So the value of methylene blue as an antiviral has a rich history in the scientific literature. It has proven itself valuable against many of the viruses considered to be serious threats to humanity. Methylene blue might be the greatest antiviral that will ever be, not only for the virus responsible for COVID-19, but also for many other popular and allegedly dangerous viruses. What's more, when you combine light therapy with methylene blue, 
these two powerful mitochondrial therapies synergize together and result in significantly enhanced antiviral activity. Here are some examples of antiviral activity methylene blue has shown alone and in combination with light therapy. When used with light therapy, the treatment is called photodynamic therapy, which you'll soon learn more about for various diseases. So, methylene blue alone inactivates Zika virus and Synbis virus. And when you combine methylene blue with red light therapy, those together inactivate the following. West Nile virus, Ebola virus, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome virus, HIV-1, Bovine Diarrhea virus, Pseudorabies virus, Hepatitis A virus, Porcine Perovirus, Enterovirus 71, Flavivirus, Herpes virus, Dengue virus. And now let's look a little more closely specifically at methylene blue for COVID-19. So the virus responsible for the COVID-19 pandemic, SARS-CoV-2, has affected our lives profoundly and in some ways permanently. Did you ever think you'd be living in a world where people were afraid to shake hands, hug, or even be near someone? Almost immediately following the declaration of the COVID-19 pandemic by the World Health Organization in March 2020, behind the scenes, scientists from across the world got to work searching for ways to inhibit the replication and spread of the virus. Chinese scientists were among the first to investigate methylene blue's effects on COVID-19. In March 2020, they published a study reporting methylene blue can, quote, effectively eliminate SARS-CoV-2 in vitro within two minutes. Well, two minutes? Why didn't the public hear about this? Well, it took quite a long time before scientists in other countries followed up on these findings. In October of 2020, French researchers duplicated the study in their lab and came to the same conclusion. In very low doses, methylene blue possesses powerful antiviral activity against SARS-CoV-2. Their study concluded, quote, We propose that methylene blue is a promising drug for the treatment of COVID-19, end quote. And then here's an interesting tidbit. Can methylene blue block COVID transmission? So cancer patients have a higher than normal risk of viral infection due to compromised immune systems and overall poor health status. When scientists administered methylene blue to 2,500 cancer patients, none of them ended up developing COVID-19. Coincidence? Or is methylene blue a first-class preventative? And so, how does COVID manifest in the body? It's important to understand how COVID-19 affects the body. The way it manifests is something you are now familiar with if you've read the preceding chapters in this book. A study from January 2021 showed that COVID is simply another case of widespread mitochondrial dysfunction. Its pathology is exactly the same as virtually all other diseases, including diabetes, cancer, heart disease, obesity, Alzheimer's, etc. Quote, we demonstrate mitochondrial dysfunction, metabolic alterations with an increase in glycolysis from patients with COVID-19. These data suggest that patients with COVID-19 have a compromised mitochondrial function and an energy deficit that is compensated by a metabolic switch to glycolysis. 
This metabolic manipulation by SARS-CoV-2 triggers an enhanced inflammatory response that contributes to the severity of symptoms in COVID-19, end quote. This was written by scientists from King's College Hospital in London, UK, and the University of Alabama at Birmingham. So ultimately, what that means is COVID inhibits cellular metabolism and methylene blue works by powerfully restoring metabolic function to cells. In other words, COVID uh, leads to mitochondrial dysfunction and methylene blue restores mitochondrial function. Moving along to the next topic here, dementia. So methylene blue versus Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So the CDC, Mayo Clinic, and other pop culture health pundits admit they have no idea what causes Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. For around 50 years, they have focused funding on genetic research, believing that genetic defects cause Alzheimer's, but the genetic theory has never been proven. As a result of their commitment to genetic causation, they ignore the trail of evidence leading to the true cause of dementia. Let's dust off that trail now and shine a spotlight on the evidence. A groundbreaking study from 2017 reports that as the brain ages, mitochondrial metabolism decreases, and that this phenomenon is possibly the main culprit behind many neurological diseases, including Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. If your brain has sufficient energy, it will function effectively, from memory retrieval speed, concentration, and focus, etc. As the metabolic rate of the brain declines with age, so too does your ability to think, remember, and speak clearly. In recent years, the role of nitric oxide, NO, in the formation and progression of dementia-related disorders like Alzheimer's disease has come to light. For example, NO has been found to accumulate around the plaques inside the brain of Alzheimer's patients. And it's also been hypothesized that NO could be responsible for brain cell death found in Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. All of these suggests that using a nitric oxide inhibitor such as methylene blue could be a remarkably effective tool for dealing with dementia. One fascinating and useful attribute of methylene blue for treating brain disorders is that once inside the body, it tends to accumulate in the brain right where it is needed. This makes its potential as a therapy of particular interest for dementia and all kinds of brain-related disorders. Can methylene blue cure dementia? In 2019, scientists gave Alzheimer's patients 8 to 16 milligrams of methylene blue daily which by the way is a pretty low dosage. I myself take 20 to 30 milligrams daily. So they gave 8 to 16 milligrams daily while monitoring their brain function. They witnessed the methylene blue treatment stop Alzheimer's disease dead in its tracks. Quote, Treatment with 8 to 16 milligrams methylene blue daily reduced cognitive decline by more than 85%. That is the perverted medical profession's way of saying that methylene blue effectively stopped AD in its tracks, or at least its cognitive symptoms, which is what the disease is all about. It is a type of dementia after all. Perhaps just as importantly, it found that drugs currently approved for managing symptoms of AD interfere with the therapeutic benefit of methylene blue when administered together with it. And that is a quote, end quote, by George Dinkov, who was one of the 
scientists from that 2019 study. So what he's saying is this very low daily dosage of methylene blue reduced cognitive decline by 85%. And not only that, but if you're taking drugs uh, for managing symptoms of AD, those drugs interfered with the methylene blue. Uh, and this kind of gets into a gray area here. This isn't medical advice, but it sounds like, um, and we don't even know what the negative side effects of those drugs are, but if methylene blue is that effective and we know it's as safe as it is, then it seems like a no-brainer, pun unfortunately intended, that one who either wants to be proactive or, or tried to mitigate the progression of dealing with Alzheimer's or, or these neurocognitive diseases, methylene blue has a major, major potential role to play uh, for, for darn near anyone and everyone. And again, remember, there are a handful of uh, contraindications and precautions, but but pretty darn few, uh, all things considered. Let me back up and finish this this thought on on the study here. So when the therapy stops cognitive decline by eighty five percent over sixty five weeks, as it did in the study, at what point do they say it cured the patient? If your answer is one hundred percent, then perhaps methylene blue is about as close to a cure as it gets. So that's the author Mark Mark Sloan's way of saying. I mean, this works for darn near everybody. Like at what point, <laughs> at what point did methylene blue basically cure the dementia from the uh, participants? But let's look at the treatment dose for dementia. So for those interested in using methylene blue for Alzheimer's, an important finding from the study was that a dose of 200 milligrams of methylene blue had no greater benefit than a smaller dose of eight milligrams. So that's very interesting. So again, for reference, I personally uh, take 20 to 30 milligrams of methylene blue daily, and even that's considered a very low dose. And so for for these benefits to be realized with 8 milligrams daily or 8 to 16 milligrams daily is astonishing. It's amazing. And so the study concluded that methylene blue is expected to be therapeutic in doses up to 16 milligrams, and patients would see no additional benefit from taking higher doses. Now, that's interesting because they're saying you won't see any additional benefit relative to dementia, but as we've already talked about, what about the antimalarial? What about the antiviral? We live in this day and age of constant viruses, so yes, maybe that additional dosage wouldn't help for dementia, but maybe that additional dose, they're saying once you go above 16, it's not helpful for dementia, but maybe if you get into the 20s or the 30s or the 40s milligrams per day, maybe that's where we start seeing benefits with the viruses and anxiety and depression. I mean, there, there's other ways that we can help the brain outside of dementia, but regardless, it's, again, simply amazing that such a low dosage of, of this stuff, methylene blue, is so effective, reducing cognitive decline by 85%. Simply amazing. And so let's look at some of the hallmarks uh, associated with Alzheimer's disease and how methylene blue can play a role. So hallmark number one, we have neurofibrillary tangles. So when mice are genetically engineered to lack tau protein, their brain cells do not function properly, leading researchers to believe that the misshapen tau proteins found in brain cells of Alzheimer's patients play a role in the disease. So a team of scientists in Gokshuin University and Kayo University School of Medicine in Japan published a study in 2019 that reports methylene blue can fix this issue by inhibiting the formation of tau neurofibrillary tangles in the brain. Okay, so hallmark number two, 
beta amyloid plaques. So another classic hallmark of the Alzheimer's brain is the presence of beta amyloid plaques surrounding brain cells. Remarkably, methylene blue has been shown scientifically to prevent beta amyloid plaques from forming on the outside of neurons. So those are the two big hallmarks, and methylene blue seems to solve them both. And then we'll actually go a step further and look at the metabolic hallmarks of Alzheimer's disease. And of course, metabolic is synonymous with mitochondrial uh, function. And so quickly, we'll go to hallmark number one, which is decreased mitochondrial complex four function. And just get to the punch of the line here. It turns out methylene blue has a restorative effect on complex four. On top of that, researchers in 2008 did a piece of research looking at uh, specifically at complex four activity, and they concluded that, quote, methylene blue increases mitochondrial complex four by 30%, enhances cellular oxygen consumption by 37 to 70%, increases heme synthesis, and reverses premature senescence, which is synonymous with aging. And lastly, another group, their findings indicate that methylene blue, by enhancing mitochondrial function, expands the mitochondrial reserve of the brain. Adequate mitochondrial reserve is essential for preventing age-related disorders such as Alzheimer's disease. So, so pretty profound stuff there. Hallmark number two, as far as metabolic hallmarks of Alzheimer's disease, decreased glucose levels in the brain. And so again, cutting to the chase here, some researchers found that one of the changes that has been consistently reported is a decrease in glucose availability in the hippocampus as it relates to Alzheimer's and the brain. So based on these findings, all forms of dementia and neurodegeneration should accurately be called diabetes of the brain. And a 2015 study reports that treating astrocytes uh, with methylene blue quote, significantly increased cellular oxygen consumption, glucose uptake, and ATP production, end quote. And so, very interesting, uh, methylene blue has the potential to increase glucose uptake and with decreased glucose levels of the brain being a hallmark, that would be simply amazing. Now, let's get to the creme de la creme of, of this topic, methylene blue and red light therapy for dementia. When it comes to therapies for diseases of the brain, two stand out among the crowd as the most promising. Methylene blue and red light therapy are two widely studied approaches for improving brain mitochondrial respiration due to their ability to act directly on cellular metabolism and correct deficiencies therein. Red light and methylene blue, quote, have similar beneficial effects on mitochondrial function, oxidative damage, inflammation, and subsequent behavioral symptoms, end quote. And that came from a 2020 review report. So combining methylene blue with red light therapy in a treatment protocol for dementia appears to be a promising technique for synergistically maximizing therapeutic potency and accelerating recovery of metabolically defective brain cells. Whew, that was a mouthful. But needless to say, According to the research, according to what we know now, combining methylene blue and red light therapy is an absolute gangbuster as it relates to either, again, proactively preventing or mitigating the progression of or even potentially preventing dementia. And of course, that's based on a lot of variables. 
how long has a person had dementia, how far along are they progression-wise, all of that plays a role into the potential of these modalities in order to mitigate them, uh, let alone reverse them. But there is that research even showing that low dose of, of 8 to 16 milligrams a day, which again, that is a very low dose, was able to reverse cognitive decline by 85%. So, I mean, you can't argue with those results. So, if you or someone you know, friend, family, or otherwise, is going down the road of dementia, then I highly, highly recommend you and or they look into to more of the benefits or, or the know-how or the where-how of utilizing methylene blue and red light therapy for dementia. Moving along to number five here, a similar topic but slightly different involving the brain. So we're looking at cognitive enhancement, a brain-boosting powerhouse. So it wasn't until about 100 years after discovering methylene blue that scientists began realizing its immense potential to improve brain function. A 1970s animal study revealed improved memory in rats after ingesting the substance. Further explorations into the effects of methylene blue on the brain didn't occur until many decades later. Once they began, reports coming out were every bit as promising even in humans. In recent years, methylene blue has gained popularity among, quote, self-hackers and nootropic enthusiasts as a brain-boosting compound used to enhance cognition. The tendency of this dye to quickly cross the blood-brain barrier and concentrate inside the brain makes it the perfect candidate for therapy to enhance brain function. Once inside, methylene blue improves mitochondrial efficiency and protects brain cells from the damage through its antioxidant functions, resulting in improved mood, memory, and overall cognition. Moving along to the next topic, entitled, A Single Oral Dose Improves Memory and Attention. So, Dr. Timothy Duong and his colleagues at the University of Texas Health Science Center conducted the very first human study investigating the impact of methylene blue on memory and attention span in 2016. The randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled clinical trial administered an oral dose of 0.5 to 4 milligrams per kilogram of methylene blue to 26 healthy participants between the ages of 22 and 62 to determine if the substance could increase brain activity and improve performance in memory and attention-related tasks. Participants underwent functional magnetic resonance imaging, or MRI, before and one hour after low-dose methylene blue or placebo was administered to evaluate the effects of methylene blue on cerebrovascular activity during tasks. The study found that a single oral dose of methylene blue improved both short-term memory and attention span in the participants. Quote, Methylene blue was also associated with a 7% increase in correct responses during memory retrieval. End quote. The study reports. In another quote, This work certainly provides a foundation for future trials of methylene blue in healthy aging, cognitive impairment, dementia, and other conditions that might benefit from drug-induced memory enhancement, Dr. Duong said. And so, as you remember, just a little bit ago, we're talking about how methylene blue optimizes a complex four 
in the mitochondria, but what about the other three? And so this has actually been studied. And here's a quote from that study that says, methylene blue significantly increases mitochondrial complex one through three activity in isolated mitochondria and enhances oxygen consumption and glucose uptake. And so that, that's the end of the quote. And so that tells us that methylene blue actually targets all four complexes in the mitochondrial respiratory chain, which explains the brain boosting effects and the brain boosting benefits of this remarkable therapeutic blue dye. Let's move along to number six now. And this is again, kind of uh, a similar topic, but different because we're going to stay in the brain, but now we're looking at depression. And so uh, just quickly, let's look at the three primary biological consequences of stress. Number one, stress causes depression and anxiety. Stress increases the stress hormone cortisol and stress reduces the metabolic rate. And so while the brain typically makes up about 2% of the person's weight or of an of, of a individual's weight, it consumes about 20% of the body's energy. And that's when it's at rest. So when you have these chess masters uh, uh, playing chess, they're consuming or their, their brain is using so much energy, it's as if their body is exercising. And so again, your brain is using 20% of your entire energy resources when it's at rest. So when you're thinking, when you're working, uh, when you're doing homework, when you're cognitively engaged, that percentage goes up. And so, of course, when whenever you have something that can enhance the energy production of your mitochondria, and of course, your brain is the most mitochondrial dense tissue in your body, that's a winner, winner, chicken dinner. So that when you can include red light therapy and utilize that near infrared to, to optimize mitochondrial function, uh, when you can use something like methylene blue, which clearly improves metabolic regulation and metabolic function, then it's kind of a no brainer pun intended to utilize. Again, you can use either of them in isolation, but the best of both worlds or, or the best situation would be to utilize both and get the synergistic benefits of red light therapy and methylene blue. So let's quickly look at why depression is more common in women than men. So number one, estrogen increases serotonin. Number two, estrogen increases cortisol. Number three, estrogen suppresses thyroid. And then number four, estrogen increases nitric oxide. And that last one is key because nitric oxide is central to depression. So to truly understand depression, it's necessary to step back from the cultural beliefs surrounding serotonin and neurotransmitters and look at the larger biological picture. While the public, medical doctors, some scientists, and even naturopaths are taught to see nitric oxide, or NO, through a one-dimensional lens, which is as a factor for greater blood flow in the brain and body, they fail to realize that, quote, Low concentrations of NO are neuroprotective and mediate physiological signaling, whereas higher concentrations mediate neuroinflammatory actions and are neurotoxic, end quote. And so when nitric oxide is increased in the brain and body, increased also are two different free radicals, reactive nitrogen species and reactive oxygen species. And this results in greater production of pro-inflammatory cytokines. 
Thus, nitric oxide is responsible for initiating the high levels of inflammation commonly found in depressed people. That's a brain on fire. So, based on these findings, we should expect depressed people to have higher nitric oxide levels than non-depressed people. This research has been done. In rats and humans with major depressive disorder, quote, Plasma NO levels were significantly increased both in male rats and in male with major depressive disorder patients, end quote. In another study, the severity of psychomotor retardation seen in men with major depression was significantly correlated to the serum nitric oxide level. Moving along to the next small section here, methylene blue, a cure for depression? Scientists gave severely depressed patients one dose of methylene blue daily for three weeks and, quote, improvement in patients receiving methylene blue was significantly greater than in those receiving a placebo, end quote. Remarkably, the significant improvements were achieved in the patients at the minute dose of only 15 milligrams a day. That's very low. So very interesting. And then quickly, I'm not going to read this section, but just for those who are curious as it relates to them or someone they know, methylene blue for bipolar disorder. So in some trials, they combined methylene blue with lithium. In this case, they were doing 300 milligrams a day, so much higher relative to these other studies. They combined it with lithium, and then the patients that utilized methylene blue and lithium saw better uh, results than those who were only using uh, lithium. And then uh, another study in Canada, they were testing a bipolar drug, lamotrigine, I think it's how it's pronounced, lamotrigine. And so they were using that drug in combination with 195 milligrams of methylene blue. And again, those patients that utilized methylene blue saw significantly better uh, results than that drug alone. And finishes by saying here, several of the patients in the study liked methylene blue so much that they continued using it after the study was complete. So just some food for thought for those who have any uh, association with bipolar, whether it's personal, family, friends, or, or, or you're a physician or a nurse or someone and you, you deal with people that have bipolar disorder, it's just good to know. So let's move along to the next section here. We're kind of getting off the brain now, and this is methylene blue and autism. So let's quickly review some of the symptoms of autism. They include avoidance of eye contact, not working or playing well with others, absence of facial expressions, avoidance of physical contact, confusion regarding their own emotions and the emotions of others, and general distress while being around other people. And interestingly, in 2010, scientists at the University of California, Davis, published a landmark study that found children with autism are far more likely to have deficits in their ability to produce cellular energy than healthy children. In layman's terms, autistic children or people with autism have a much larger propensity to have mitochondrial dysfunction than those who don't. So again, when we're looking at anything with a metabolic disorder, that's the same thing as mitochondrial dysfunction. So once again, whenever you hear that, guys, and this is stepping away from the book, this is just me talking, whenever you hear that some sort of disease or malady or condition is secondary to decreased levels of energy or metabolic disorder of any kind, that's synonymous with mitochondrial dysfunction. And whenever said condition or said disease or what have you is secondary to mitochondrial dysfunction, 
that means that you can likely utilize some type of mitochondrial boosting or mitochondrial augmenting, however you want to phrase it, uh, treatment option such as red light therapy, such as methylene blue, such as structured or electron-rich water, anything where you're adding electrons or accruing electrons to your body, that's going to help the mitochondria and that may help mitigate progression of or even prevent some of these conditions or diseases from happening. And so again, when we hear that uh, children with autism are far more likely to have deficits in their ability to produce cellular energy than healthy children, that means mitochondrial dysfunction. And so I'm not saying that red light therapy is the cure or that methylene blue is the cure, but if you can essentially reestablish normal cellular energy production, well, shoot, it sounds like good things should happen. And, and a lot of times when we look at the research here, just like depression, just like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, just like when we're looking at uh, any type of organ disease, whether it's the eye, the brain, the liver, anything that's lacking energy is going to result in disease. So again, just keep that in mind, guys, whether you're listening to information, again, about methylene blue or about red light therapy, or you're just learning about uh, the condition of yourself or a loved one, or you hear influencers talking about certain things and they mention low energy production or metabolic dysfunction, you got to think right away, A, shoot, red light therapy might be an option. And then B, shoot, methylene blue might be an option. And then C, shoot, methylene blue and red light therapy are likely going to play a pivotal role here in at least staving off, mitigating, or even reversing said condition. So I'll get off my soapbox now, but just again, that's just just a reminder about low energy production and, and metabolic dysfunction, i.e. mitochondrial dysfunction. So back to methylene blue and autism, just a quick note here on children with autism, Hydrogen peroxide levels in autistic children were twice as high as children who did not have autism. As a result, the cells of those with autism were exposed to higher oxidative stress, which is one of the hallmarks of the disease. So again, guys, whenever you hear oxidative stress, that means increased oxidation of the cells or the mitochondria, which essentially leads to deterioration of the mitochondria and leads to mitochondrial dysfunction. So again, kids with autism had hydrogen peroxide levels or oxidative stress levels that were twice that of quote unquote normal kids or kids who didn't have autism. So again, when we're viewing autism, uh, A, they produce less energy and, and kind of a byproduct of that is B, increased oxidative stress. So two things right away that can be resolved by restoring mitochondrial function. But then moving along to a third subtopic here with autism. One phenomenon that has been powerfully linked to autistic children is gut disorders. And so excess production of endotoxin in autistic children is one of the most foundational reasons for the metabolic dysfunction seen in autism. And so let's quickly look through some of the supporting evidence for the endotoxin theory of autism, uh, just to give you a window into some of the research that's out there. So endotoxin injections induce inflammation and lesions in the white matter of the fetal brain. Endotoxin promotes nitric oxide production and causes neuroinflammation and cognitive impairment. Endotoxin induces a depressive syndrome characterized by the inability to feel pleasure, anorexia, and reduced locomotor exploratory and social behavior. Uh, the syndrome has 
been so well established that scientists have coined the term endotoxemia to describe it. And then mercury and other heavy metals synergized with endotoxin and increase damage. And then lastly, endotoxin decreases glutathione levels, making it more difficult for the body to detoxify heavy metals. And so if you go on the main page of their website, microbioinfluence.com, it lists the many shocking similarities between autism spectrum disorder and lipopolysaccharide poisoning related to the brain, emotions and behavior, digestive issues, immune function, and more. So autism and endotoxin poisoning are virtually identical. This means that potentially dramatic improvements in children with autism may result after the removal of endotoxin from their guts. Speaking of endotoxin in the guts, there are two ways to reduce endotoxin production in the gut. Number one, reduce or eliminate consumption of the foods that promote endotoxin production. And then number two, ingest antibiotic foods, drugs, or other substances to kill the bacteria so they cannot convert fiber and starch into endotoxin. And so, of course, just jumping to number two on the list... Methylene blue, although antibacterial, will be absorbed long before it has a chance to kill endotoxin-producing gut bacteria in the colon, but it can exert rapid neuroprotective effects on lipopolysaccharide-induced behavioral deficits. And then also, red light therapy can also be protective against the damage induced by lipopolysaccharide. So again, not necessarily directly on the bacteria, But again, most of the methylene blue goes to the brain. Red light therapy, you can treat either the gut and or the brain to have those protective effects against the lipopolysaccharide. And then another one, uh, an inexpensive medicinal that can be used to wipe out that gut bacteria in, in children with autism is activated charcoal. So that's another one to consider. But what about targeting cellular mitochondria in autism? So deficits in mitochondrial transport chain exist almost universally in autism. For example, in two clinical cases mentioned above uh, that I didn't cover, but it's in the book, deficiency in complexes 1, 3, and 4 were found. Remarkably, methylene blue can act as an alternative electron carrier and bypass these defects at any and all of the four complexes. Quote, Methylene blue significantly increases mitochondrial complex 1 through 3 activity, end quote. And then also another quote, MB increases mitochondrial complex 4 by 30%, end quote. So again, based on our previous discussion when talking about the brain, uh, it's kind of reiterated here that methylene blue can optimize uh, mitochondrial complex 1 through 4 activity, which clearly plays a role in autism. And then lastly, By using methylene blue to restore the mitochondrial complexes, lactate production or glycolysis is switched off and replaced by the full oxidative phosphorylation of glucose into ATP in the body's primary vasodilator and antioxidant carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide intensifies oxygen uptake and use by cells via the Bohr effect, further enhancing the body's metabolic rate. And in the pursuit of health and healing, a high metabolic rate means we've reached the summit. Moving along to number eight here, uh, this is probably going to resonate with darn near everyone that's listening. Uh, Methylene blue, the great pain reliever. So let's look at methylene blue for surgical pain. So the outcomes of a study that utilized methylene blue for one group and not the other, here's a quote from that study. 
the the mean pain scores were significantly lower and the use of acetaminophen was also significantly less in the methylene blue group during the first three post-operative days, the study reports, and concluded that methylene blue was useful in reducing the initial post-operative pain of the surgery that was used specifically for that study. So use it to significantly decrease post-operative pain and kind of accelerate that pain relief process while reducing the intake of other substrates like acetaminophen that has its own set of potential negative side effects. So then let's look at methylene blue for chronic neuropathic pain. And again, I'm just going to jump to the results here to kind of expedite the process, but you can read this in more detail in the book if you would like. But the results of this study show that within 60 minutes of administration, patients who received methylene blue experienced pain relief and over the next 48 hours after administration, the decrease in pain was significant. So, and that's approximately how long it takes for methylene blue to get absorbed in the body and the body to utilize it is 30 to 60 minutes. So again, patients with neuro, chronic neuropathic pain, and that's the, that's the kicker there, chronic neuropathic pain, which is notoriously difficult uh, to treat with or to, to treat. Uh, and again, patients noticed significant reduction in pain 60 minutes after administration, and that lasted for 48 hours. So that's massive. Methylene blue for oral mucositis, and of course, oral mucositis is a common and debilitating side effect of chemotherapy and radiotherapy treatments for cancer. And just quickly to cut to the chase again, pain scores in this study were reduced from 7.7 to 2.5 after methylene blue oral rinse, and most patients achieved pain control after the first three doses. So a common theme here for, for pain of all types, chronic neurological, surgical, and, and uh, chemotherapy, radiotherapy induced is that you see results quickly and they last. <laughs> so, I mean, again, this is almost like too good to be true. But now let's look at methylene blue for arthritis pain. And again, this study concluded that methylene blue was effective for relieving arthritis-associated pain and inflammation. Moving along, arthritis progression often results in degraded cartilage in the joints, causing increased pain immobility, and inflammation. And it turns out arthritic cartilage discs excrete 10 times as much nitric oxide as non-arthritic cartilage discs. And this excess nitric oxide mediates cartilage degeneration. So, so once again, we see nitric oxide potentially playing a negative role in, in the degeneration of, of tissue. And that study was from 2018, so relatively recent. And, and the study with the oral mucositis was from 2021, so even more recent. But again, methylene blue was effective for relieving arthritis-associated pain and inflammation. And I've heard some amazing anecdotes about people with chronic arthritis seeing amazing results with red light therapy. So now my mind's just churning uh, 100 miles an hour and thinking, what type of results would those people see if they included methylene blue into the treatment regimen? What about methylene blue for migraine headaches? Well, once again, increased nitric oxide has been heavily implicated in migraine headaches in research. And with methylene blue's ability to potently inhibit nitric oxide production and scavenge existing nitric oxide from the body and blood, make it a drug of great interest and promise for those in search of evidence-based treatment for migraine headaches. And that was from a 2018 review. They're purporting that. So again, 
pretty profound potential for methylene blue. And I've myself treating people with chronic migraines, chronic headaches, dry needling sure has made a huge difference. And then you couple that with red light therapy and that's even better. But now we have this new tool in our toolbox of methylene blue. And again, that's like a massive cherry on top, it sounds like. Here's one, <laughs> once again, a lot of people can resonate with, methylene blue for low back pain. Uh, this is from a study in 2010 out of Beijing. The study showed strong evidence that the injection of methylene blue into a painful disc is a, quote, safe, effective, and minimally invasive method for the treatment of discogenic low back pain, far more effective than any other known treatment for low back pain. The results showed that of the 36 patients given methylene blue injections, 19% were completely pain-free, so about one out of five, and 72% were almost completely pain-free. Said differently, almost 90% of the patients experienced total or near total relief. So again, just another feather in the cap of methylene blue for another condition, low back pain, which is kind of uh, this black hole of it's relatively difficult or it can be relatively difficult to treat because there's so many variables. There's so many ways that the back can be irked, if you will. Uh, so to have something like methylene blue, and again, they did injections straight into the discs for this specific study, but still the potential is there to help. And again, combine that with red light therapy and who knows what can happen in a positive manner. Number nine here, we're almost to our top 10 benefits of methylene blue. We're looking at the heart. In elderly patients with hypertension, significantly elevated levels of nitric oxide have been found, which suggests that nitric oxide may affect longevity. And so this increased uh, mortality associated with the increased production of nitric oxide was associated with enlarged heart and excessive dilation of heart ventricles, as well as a high incidence of sudden death caused by bradyarrhythmia, which is a very slow heart rate below 60 uh, beats per minute. And these are some of the harmful things that excessive nitric oxide can do to your cardiovascular system and what nitric oxide inhibiting substances like methylene blue can help remedy. And then moving along to the role of endotoxin in heart disease, so we know that methylene blue supplementation is highly protective of cardiovascular function in disease and aging. Through its action as a nitric oxide inhibitor and antioxidant, methylene blue can prevent both the formation of new peroxynitrite and scavenge existing peroxynitrite, which has been implicated in the diseased and aged heart. A Romanian scientist showed us in 2017 that methylene blue improves heart health by enhancing mitochondrial respiration and decreasing oxidative stress, similar to the brain or, or any other uh, a tissue that's dealing with mitochondrial dysfunction and oxidative stress. And since we've touched on the subject of diabetes, methylene blue has shown to prevent diabetes, restore eye health in patients with diabetes, and lower blood sugar in diabetes in animal studies. In other words, both cardiovascular disease and diabetes are metabolic disorders and the root cause can be influenced positively by methylene blue. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we got to number 10. Drumroll, please. Methylene blue versus cancer. So the metabolism of cancer cells varies significantly from normal cells. 
normal cells oxidize glucose within their mitochondria and cancer cells rely on the fermentation of sugar, also known as aerobic glycolysis. However, once sugar is depleted from the bloodstream and sugar stores are depleted from the liver, cancer cells begin consuming fatty acids and protein. So cancer is a metabolic disease characterized by the inability of cells to oxidize glucose inside their mitochondria. The switch from normal cell metabolism to cancer cell metabolism is called the Warburg effect, uh, which was first documented over 90 years ago by two-time Nobel Prize winning German scientist Otto Heinrich Warburg. Again, back to nitric oxide, we know that nitric oxide is central to cancer. So one way to turn a healthy cell into a cancer cell is to expose it to the environmental pollutant nitric oxide. Mark Sloan has another book called The Cancer Industry, which explains how nitric oxide can induce carcinogenesis, tumor growth, and cancer metastasis. Uh, And then we'll discover or discuss some other ways here below. And the first one is nitric oxide inhibits cytochrome C oxidase, which is complex four in the mitochondrial uh, respiratory chain. And so, as we all know here in the audience, of course, the enzyme cytochrome C oxidase plays a critical role in healthy mitochondrial metabolism. It interacts directly with oxygen and catalyzes the final step in oxidative phosphorylation. Expose this essential respiratory enzyme to nitric oxide and it becomes inhibited. So by binding directly to cytochrome C oxidase, nitric oxide flips the metabolic switch from mitochondrial respiration to aerobic glycolysis, aka cancer. Only two known interventions are capable of dissociating nitric oxide from cytochrome C oxidase and restoring its function, red light therapy and methylene blue. So again, guys, and I've talked about this numerous times through through some of my speeches even, one of the main functions of red light therapy is disassociated nitric oxide uh, that caps that ni- uh, the cytochrome C oxidase, if you will, and once that dissociation happens, the cap is taken off and oxygen can get in, and now that oxygen can help produce ATP efficiently. And so we're seeing, um, according to Mark Sloan's research, that by dissociating that nitric oxide from cytochrome C oxidase, we're not only mitigating uh, the chances of getting cancer, but we're preventing it altogether. And the only two ways, again, according to Mark Sloan's research, the only two known interventions that are capable of dissociating that nitric oxide from cytochrome C oxidase and allowing mitochondria to produce ATP efficiently are red light therapy and methylene blue. Simply amazing. And let's look at nitric oxide as it promotes tumor growth and angiogenesis. So anytime a tissue has been injured, nitric oxide and other growth factors are released to signal cells to grow and divide to replace damaged tissue. In an individual with cancer, tumor cells also receive the message to grow and divide, which is why nitric oxide is a well-known promoter of tumor progression, including angiogenesis, the formation of new vascular vasculature in the area surrounding the tumor. Nitric oxide promotes cancer metastasis. Well, in cancer metastasis, after a a cancer cell has escaped from the initial tumor, nitric oxide triggers the adhesion of circulating tumor cells onto body tissues, which is the first step in new tumor formation. And so, 
If nitric oxide is such a strong promoter of cancer, then we should expect any substance that can reduce the concentration or actions of nitric oxide to be beneficial in cancer. Can methylene blue restore defective mitochondrial function in cancer? Well, let's look at methylene blue therapy for cancer now. What could be more promising for cancer than a substance that specifically seeks out and corrects metabolic defects first before anything else? Research on methylene blue for cancer is surprisingly abundant, dating back almost 100 years and shows us that methylene blue can rapidly oxygenate cancer cells and tumors. The effects of methylene blue on mitochondrial respiration of normal cells are very different than on tumor cells. And so, um, a researcher out of Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore published a study in 1930 in which is stated, methylene blue exerts its catalytic power only on cells or tissues possessing aerobic glycolysis, end quote. So this is a remarkable finding because it means that methylene blue selectively seeks out cancerous tumor cells and boosts their metabolism while leaving healthy cells unaffected. The closer a cell is to having a tumor cell phenotype, the more potential benefit methylene blue can have. And I'm just going to repeat that for the people in the back. And this is not me reading the book anymore, but methylene blue selectively chooses which cells to help with. And it's the ones that are the most diseased or in the most need of help. So when you ingest methylene blue, it will help your quote unquote cancer cells or your sick cells first before anything else. So that's mind boggling. And then as we know from previous uh, chapters, that a preponderance of the methylene blue ends up in your brain, which is why it has so many brain boosting benefits. So not only is it a brain booster, but it selectively seeks out the cells that need the most help. And if there's cancerous or cancer-like cells, methylene blue will help those first. And again, I'll say it again, simply amazing. I mean, the more you read and the more you learn about methylene blue, the more your socks will be knocked off. So the potential benefits of methylene blue to tumor cells include increased oxygen consumption and ATP energy generation. Well, those two go hand in hand. And that oxygen consumption is secondary to the disassociation of nitric oxide. Again, you take that nitric oxide cap off, oxygen comes in, and thus you have increased ATP energy production. So let's look at photodynamic therapy for cancer. Well, photodynamic therapy involves the use of light therapy in combination with a photosensitizer, one of which can be methylene blue. Red light therapy and methylene blue share a common mechanism of enhancement of mitochondrial respiration, which protects and restores respiration in cells, organs, and body systems. Photodynamic therapy is well known to kill many types of bacteria, parasites, fungi, viruses, and other microorganisms. It has been reported to cause, quote, massive cell death of tumor cells, end quote. And then looking at a, uh, a study, here's a quote from that study. Defects in cytochrome C oxidase expression induce a metabolic shift to glycolysis and carcinogenesis, wrote scientists from University of Pennsylvania in 2015. So red light can photodissociate nitric oxide from cytochrome C oxidase enzymes and upregulate their activity, effectively restoring a cancer cell back to a normal cell. I'll repeat that again, because again, this is remarkable. Red light can photodissociate nitric oxide from cytochrome C oxidase enzymes and upregulate their activity, 
effectively restoring a cancer cell back to a normal cell. And then, of course, let's compound that with throwing methylene blue into the action, right? Well, while red light therapy primarily targets complex four, we know from our prior discussion in this uh, episode that methylene blue exerts its effects on every single complex in the respiratory chain one through four, which is why combining red light therapy and methylene blue are so synergistic and powerful. Drinking water or juice containing a few drops of methylene blue, then sitting underneath red light therapy or red light, allows you to receive one of the most potent metabolic treatment protocols ever devised. This explains the excitement and skyrocketing publication activity of photodynamic therapy for cancer among the scientific community in recent years. And so guys, that concludes the top 10 potential use cases for methylene blue. And just a quick addition here for methylene blue for dogs, cats, cows, fishes, and horses. Virtually every benefit of methylene blue shown in humans was first discovered in studies on rats or other animals before being validated in human clinical trials. So that's a short way of saying, if we're talking about the benefits that we can see with humans utilizing methylene blue, we can see it for our pets or our animals. So again, when we're talking dogs, cats, horses, fish, methylene blue has a potential role there as well. So I hope this episode gave you guys a more in-depth and broad overview of the ways the <laughs> red light therapy, that methylene blue can, can play on your health and wellness and longevity. And so, of course, this was the top 10 ways, but methylene blue isn't limited to those 10 ways only. Of course, just like red light therapy, you might, you might try methylene blue for one reason, but you find enhancements or optimizations in other areas of your health. Certainly the, the top couple of things I've seen in myself or other people close to me that have uh, started using methylene blue the last handful of months is certainly increased energy or an increased vibration. Like that happens to everyone and most notably in the brain. So just increased concentration, increased focus, not that caffeine energy, just like that. If you've ever gotten into uh, ketosis for that first time where it's just that clean, pure energy, that's kind of what methylene blue brings uh, to the table. So increased energy, improved sleep, because of course, it's going to help normalize uh, your circadian rhythm by optimizing your mitochondrial health. Of course, you can wreck that by by looking at blue screens at night and staying up until two or three in the morning. But if you're someone who has a fairly regular schedule in your sleep cycle, uh, methylene blue kind of helps sets the tone and helps normalize that for you pain reduction I've seen in a couple of people as well. They're, they're dealing with some aches and pains and they throw in methylene blue on top of the red light therapy. The red light therapy is already helping with aches and pains, but methylene blue just takes that to another level. So again, that synergistic benefit. Uh, so those are the main ones. And, and also exercise, because of course, with methylene blue helping with mitochondrial health and improving oxygen consumption, you see an increased energy, that increased endurance with, with activity or sports or exercise. So that's been notable as well. And then lastly, and this is not, not, not worst for last, this might be best for last, is I've heard and seen a lot of the, the immune boosting properties or the antiviral properties, especially in this day and age with COVID. And, you know, there seems to be another strain or another wave going around uh, and people have noted that typically when they get sick, when they get this virus or they get some type of flu or a bug, 
Uh, they break out with with cold sores on their face, around their lips, around their nose. And so uh, this person recently got got sick a couple of weeks ago, and they were anticipating that uh, that typical outbreak of of those cold sores. And and they'd been using uh, the methylene blue for for a month or so now, and they didn't get the sores at all. They had changed nothing else, just the consistent methylene blue on on a daily uh, regimen. Again, low dose, about ten to twenty milligrams a day, and and they didn't get any cold sore outbreaks. So I think that speaks volumes to the antiviral backslash immune boosting properties of methylene blue. Of course, when you do that in concert with red light therapy. Then you're just off to the proverbial races at that point, and, and your health and vitality are just um, uh, at an apex, if you will. But again, I would, I'd be curious to anyone that starts using methylene blue, whether you guys choose to try bio blue or not, uh, uh, to, to reach out to me through email or, or comment on Instagram or DM me. Let me know what benefits you've noticed if you begin, uh, commence using methylene blue with or without uh, red light therapy, because I think it's important for people to hear from the people in the trenches that are using it uh, to see what kind of effects and benefits we're getting. And to this point, as many people as I've had try it close to me, and then they've had people try it. So, you know, first and second and third degree um, relationships or, or connections, I've heard zero negative side effects. And that's not to say that there aren't any. Again, there's a very short list of contraindications and precautions that you can find on the BioBlue page or just the Methylene Blue Learn page on BioLite.shop on the BioLite website. But again, just like red light therapy, uh, this is how I envision Methylene Blue is that it's a very low risk, very high reward for anyone looking to optimize their health, wellness, longevity, uh, you name it. Uh, I think the methylene blue, based on my research and what I've read, uh, that it's something that virtually anyone and everyone who's who's investing in their health uh, should be looking into and considering. Uh, and on that note, if you are interested in beginning methylene blue or, or starting to use it or, or you want to see what it's all about, um, as, a, as a proud listener of the Red Light Report, I'm going to give you guys who have listened to the very end of the episode here a 20% coupon code. Yes, a massive discount because I want to help you guys out. Uh, if you guys want to try uh, the BioBlue product, uh, the the recent innovation from BioLite. And so if you go to the website and you go to the BioBlue page, you can see that you can buy it in a single vial or you can pay a discounted rate for a two-pack or even a more discounted rate for a four-pack. And this 20% off will work for any of those. So even with a discounted two and four packs, you can still utilize this 20% coupon. Simply use coupon code BIOBLUE20 to get the 20% off your BIOBLUE purchase. But guys, that's all I have for you today. I hope you really enjoyed the information. I hope... uh, If if you weren't familiar with Methylene Blue, you found it insightful. If you were... uh, familiar with Methylene Blue. I hope you learned something new and, and kind of something you can take away uh, from this episode and apply it if, if you're already using Methylene Blue. Um, but as always, I appreciate every single one of you for listening and supporting this podcast. Uh, if you haven't yet and, and you feel compelled to do so, uh, and you found that the information on this episode and, and, and this podcast in general has been uh, impactful to you, 
I would greatly appreciate if you could take a quick 15 to 30 seconds to leave a quick five-star review on, on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. You don't have to leave a written testimonial if you don't want to. Just simply click that five stars so that uh, we can get more ratings on this podcast. And, and this isn't about me. Again, this is about getting the information out there. So again, if you feel this information has impacted you and others, uh, we want to get this message out to as many people as possible so that they can benefit from the many health and wellness uh, benefits of red light therapy, and in this case, methylene blue. So I appreciate you all. Have a wonderful week. And as always, light up your health. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolite.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolite. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.